morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning on this Talk Like a Pirate Day. And, and you are with Lyle and... It's Mon. It's, yes. not, it's not a pirate, it's just me. I oh, okay. All. <laughs> That's most disappointing. It is talk like a pirate day, Lyle. How well, are ya? <laughs> yeah, my pirate voice is not doing so great. Where's my booty? <laughs> is it in your chest? <laughs> Where's your parrot, Lyle, and your peg leg? <laughs> okay, so if you want, some of you are wondering... I don't know where- how pirates don't end up with really bad sore throats, because that kind of hurts. <laughs> We probably should ask the guy who invented the uh, actual pirate voice. Um, yeah, I bet you he was like one of those guys who had like lived a really rough life, and his, his throat. <laughs> he was an actor. His name was Robert Newton. Uh, oh, yeah. And here I thought he, was a real he, pirate he, who um, drank too much. <laughs> he invented the whole pirate voice. And if you're wondering about the origins of Talk Like a Pirate Day, I'm going to talk about it in a little while. Ooh. It'll be most interesting. I there say, is Arr. some. There is some uh, true history and some untrue history associated with it. Ow, how interesting. Yes. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Oh, what am I grateful for? Um, wow, you've really thought of, about this, haven't you? I have. I have. I'm a little, <laughs> little un, unprepared this morning. <laughs> you've been blindsided by researching pirates, haven't you? I have. <laughs> this is actually the truth. I have been sitting here researching pirates <laughs> and not doing much of much constructive in preparation for today's show. Oh, good one. I'm grateful for listeners that um, call us up and tell us our mics are <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like switch your mics off. Yeah, if something seems like weird, just please message us and tell us. <laughs> it's probably because we've boo-booed. <laughs> yes. Sometimes sometimes the uh the hamster goes asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I hope you didn't say nothing rude. No. No. Conversation has been appropriate. Okay, cool, cool, yep. cool. <laughs> We hope so anyway. I don't know, producer Shell's looking like it might have been a little bit inappropriate just laughing at you. <laughs> We're going to have to listen to the playback and see what you said. I wonder how there's, much... There's a reason said. why there's a there's a big sign see, on our door. See, this is good that I turn up late because... <coughs> you can't be blamed for it. Yeah. Uh, but there's a big sign on our door that says... Um, what does it say? It says there is no such thing as an unloaded rifle, which is a reference to the fact that you should always the mics treat are the always microphone. on. Yeah, just treat the mic if it's always loaded. Like it's a loaded rifle. Yeah, it's ready to go. Yeah. Anyway, Don't. I'm grateful I didn't no, say no, anything on the no radio this morning. No casual conversation in the background. <laughs> All right, great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune. Tune in radio app. In the beginning, you brought this world to life with only a whisper. Let there be light. Now, here in my heart. You come do the same, shine in my darkness and chase it away.
Even if it hurts I know it's worth the pain God, won't you burn this Old self away Yeah Oh, this is redemption And this is the change I need And it's been a long time Welcome back, guys. That was Josh Wilson with Let There Be Light. You're listening to Faith FM. We are about to start in uh, into our quiz for the day. Yes, I'm just... We nearly broke a record yesterday, we but nearly not quite. Did. We yeah, nearly it was did. close. We nearly had four. Maybe we could do that today. Wait, let me have a look. Did we, did we finish off the one we had yesterday? Oh, I gave all the rest of the clues, so, so that one's done. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do another... Mm, <clears throat> let me see. Another... Let's do a, mm, do you want a who am I or a what number? Uh, you asked me this yesterday. I know, but it's four. two different ones this time again. I'm going to go with the who am I because what number one was hard. Okay, okay. Who am I? This is a Bible character. Clue number one is this. I said, stay at Jericho until your beards have grown and then come back. <laughs> I think this is good advice for a bunch of men I know. Please don't come around anywhere. Yeah, okay. beard. <laughs> uh, Lyle, you have it correct. Uh, if you have it correct, <clears throat> or you think you might have it There's correct. There's a little bit more of a backstory to this other than the fact that they needed to grow their beards. Well, don't tell the story just in case you accidentally give it away. Because um, it's been a while. I think we're due for you to do an accidental giveaway of the answer. But Could give us a call if, if, you like. know the na- if you know the name of that person. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. you being deprived. 1-800-324-843. You can text 491 100 Faith FM. And I'll tell you the prize, which today is going to be. Mm, I'll tell you in the next, after the next song break, what the prize is going to be. Cool. Yersh. Have we done what you're thankful for yet, Mon? Yeah, I said I was thankful that I didn't say anything on the radio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, while the mics were on. Yeah, yeah. When, cool. when they shouldn't have been. And uh, what do we have for positively different news this morning? Oh, I have a really cute story. Well, actually, I don't know if this is that cute. It, it kind of links into what we were talking about 
the last couple of days when we were discussing, um, you know, generosity and giving and, um, but not giving to the extreme that you end up in uh, destitution yourself. Because there is a balance. Then we actually read those verses in the Bible yesterday. We were talking about, you know, um, where it says don't give so much that you have nothing left to give and then you're just as needy as the people you were trying to help. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. So this is a story about a plumber, 52-year-old plumber, uh, who quit his paid job so that he could do free plumbing and home repair services for seniors and families in need. Uh, this is particularly happens in the cold winter months, apparently. Um and he started doing this back in 2017. So his name is James Anderson, and uh, he was first inspired to do this when he witnessed another home engineer treating an elderly customer poorly. Um, and so shortly after that, he started a nonprofit called Disabled and Elderly Plumbing and Heating Emergency Repair. Uh, this, is, this is over in England. And so for the last two years, him and a small team of workers have repaired boilers, plumbing fixtures, heating systems for about 2,500 seniors and low-income um, low homeowners uh, across uh, England in, in Lancashire. And they've done it all free of charge. So they're in charge a cent for this. Um, so he's, he's actually a father of five. And he finances a majority of his free services through online crowdfunding, which is great. Um, the, other, the other way he does it, and this is pretty ingenious. So anytime he gets his actual like paid customer, um, he says to them, you know, would you like to pay a little bit extra f- to help, you know, the next person along who won't be able to afford it? And so, um, you know, the paid customers want to support his mission as well. And so often they, they do that too. The thing is, that being said, he has racked up more than £8,000 in personal debt since he launched this labour of love. And, he, you know, he does insist that debt is under control. I don't know if this is a good idea because, you know, he says this quote. He said, a lot of people close to me ask, why are you getting yourself into debt? Why are you doing this? And he said, to me, debt is debt. I would rather owe some money to somebody and another person be alive and happy and safe. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like... Yeah, me either. Yeah, like it's interesting that this story should pop up right after we've been discussing this in our in our encounter with God. Um, you know, thankfully, since this <clears throat> story broke, that a plumber is going into debt because he has a passion for helping people who can't afford the emergency services. Uh, thankfully, since that story broke, him and his crew uh, have received an influx of donations. Um, and uh, they actually posted a, a photograph of one of the invoices that he sent to uh, a 91-year-old woman who was suffering from acute leukemia. And, uh, and on the uh, invoice, he wrote that she was not to be charged under any circumstances. So that was the payment. <laughs> Do not charge this lady under any circumstances. I would love to have a couple of invoices with that on there. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Excuse me, Vodafone. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I... I it's been two years and he's already eight thousand pounds, which is like what almost like over ten grand in debt Aussie money, Aussie dollars. Um, if he continues down this path, he's just going to get further and further in debt. But that's why the Bible says to give with discretion, right? So what do you reckon is the is the balance? To give with here? wisdom. Yeah. Do you think maybe like instead of quitting his full time? Okay, but okay. To begin with, I, I love where the guy's heart is at. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Heart of gold. Yes. Heart of gold. But to quit your full-time work and to go full-time into something that's actually putting you into debt. You've got to have a plan to be out of debt. Yeah. There has to be a plan. Because that's not biblical either. That's right. Yeah. Because then you just place yourself as a burden on everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's not... 
You've just transferred the need yeah, from right. them to yourself. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You haven't actually cured, fixed anything. You've just yeah. transferred the need. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think that maybe he should he should go like maybe he can do like 90-10, like 90% of his own business, his paid business, so he can stay out of debt and then 10%. I mean, but it's so hard to do. I mean, obviously he's doing it full time because he's, there's so much need for it. But how are you going to pay your workers? I don't know. I'm struggling with this story. It's good news story. It's a little bit. I don't know. I hope that we applaud the guy for where his heart is at, but maybe not where his head's at. I, the reason I decided to share it, even though I wasn't 100 percent sure about it, was because I figured, you know what? The more people who know about this guy, the more people can maybe jump online with his crowdfunding services and the, and then maybe help him get out of debt and stay out of debt. So yeah, so go online if you want to check him out. It's James Anderson uh, with the nonprofit organization Disabled and Elderly Plumbing and Heating Emergency Repair. And I do wonder if there's something like that exists in, exists in Australia because that would be wonderful. Lyle. Yes. Did you know that our schools have decided to teach um, mental health uh, as a curric- as part of the curriculum, mental oh, health strategies as a curriculum? So this is just recently. Very positive. Yeah, this has just recently come out. They're um they're teaching it. Uh, it's it's part of a massive new research trial actually. Um, so it's one of the world's largest ever uh, undertaken uh, in the realm of mental health. And um, this is also coming out of England. And so thousands of children and teens are being taught wellness techniques that are aimed at providing the students with better coping skills and self-awareness of their mental health. This is interesting because I was talking with some teachers just earlier this week and um, and I, we were talking about resilience. You know, they were saying how one of their students heard a comment she didn't like about her work. It wasn't, it wasn't like a completely mean comment. It just wasn't the most... Um, you know, a complimentary comment and it just caused her to break down in tears. And, uh, you know, which is, we would say, well, that's a bit silly, just, you know, have a cup of concrete, honey. But we were talking about resilience in kids these days and how there's, there's so little of it. And, um, and the teachers that I was discussing this with, they said, you know, resilience starts at home. You've got to teach this to the kids long before they come to school. But if they, if they don't have any resilience by the time they hit school, it's almost too late. The importance of failure and the blessing of failure, we need to teach this to our children. Yeah. That if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to make anything. You can't tell your kids that everything they've ever done is not a mistake and not expect them to turn into a snowflake. And the worst thing that you can do is raise a snowflake because yeah. a snowflake is never, ever going to make a success in life. And I was wondering this because... Sooner or later, reality is going to bite in when the parents can no longer protect mm-hmm. them. And when it does, it's going to bite very hard. Yeah. And I, I was wondering about this because, you know, oh, since my early 20s, I've been observing that the, the coming generations, are, I call them the uh, the cotton wool generation um, because, you know, the, the parents just seem to just <laughs> surround them in cotton wool and not let them experience any sort of like real stuff, you know, and even just in terms of like designing. Because I, I used to date a playground designer and it was just, <laughs> to a point, some point it was like almost ridiculous how much safety features and it was like almost like, is this thing still even fun? Why can't I just climb a tree? He's like, oh, because you might like, you know, fall out of a tree. And they have all these like different laws around like, and I was like, this is ridiculous. But it was like that on a bigger scope. Um, and so I, I did kind of wonder, you know, when these kids grow up, they're not, they're going to be kind of messed up. And I feel like this is what's happening now. These kids have grown up and they've got no resilience because they've just been cotton wooled their whole lives. So I wonder whether or not this is the aftermath of that. It's just me theorizing. When I was in primary school, we were banned at one stage from climbing trees. Are you serious? Because we had a windrow of very tall Magna Carta pines up behind the school that were probably 100 feet tall. And what we used to do is we'd climb up the trunk on the branches 
and this is this is primary school. We'd climb up the trunk on the branches, and then we'd when we were near the top, we'd climb out to the end of the branch, and Uh-oh. then what you did was you slid down the branch as it bent mm-hmm. until you could grab the next one. Oh, oh, oh and you'd, like so you slide down the all the way down the outside of the tree. Well, that's fun. <laughs> and then we got banned from doing yeah. it. It was very sad. Well, they have eight different things they're trying to teach kids in school now as part of their mental health awareness. So number one, that it's safe to talk about mental health. Two, we all have mental health. Three, what is safety? Four, early warning signs. No Noticing our bodies. Five, early warning signs. Noticing our feelings and thoughts. Six, developing our safety networks. Seven, safe friendships. And eight, safe ways of managing emotions. I'm interested in what they mean by all this safe, 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 safe stuff. I don't know if this is this too cotton wool again. I don't know. Give me a call and tell me what you think. 1 800 Faith FM is our number. 1 800 324 843.
That was Chelsea Moon with He's Always Been Faithful. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Get ready to give us a call, 1-800-324-843. What have you got for us there, Mon? Who am I? In fear for my life, I faked insanity standing before Akish, king of Gath. Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. A prize is coming your way. Or text us on 491 I like so, to think most people know who that is. It's a pretty famous story. Yeah. A couple of stories that are uh, headlining in the news at the moment. Uh, gender selection abortion amendment w- amendment in New South Wales Parliament was voted down, placing uh, the Berejiklian government in danger of becoming a minority government. And I think they would totally deserve to become a minority government for mm-hmm. passing basically a law that is a war on women um, that gives a license to kill women simply because they are women. It's disgraceful. That's what it's all about. That's what that's what the amendment was there to stop happening, was to stop you know people from certain cultures who do not want to give birth to boys and who do not value women um, being able to have. Where are all the feminists right now? Where yeah. are all the feminists now? This is where we need them. It's bizarre. It is very bizarre when all the feminists get up and promote and celebrate. Uh, legislation that is as anti-feminine as this. Yeah. yeah. This is the heart of anti-feminism. Yeah. Like right here. Nothing could be more anti-feminist. It's a license to kill women because for no girls. other reason than that they are women. Yeah. This is... This, Young women. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's what's happening in the uh, New South Wales Parliament right now. And, uh, of course, there are a number of uh, Liberal Party MPs who are talking about moving out and sitting on the crossbench as a result of it. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, so we need to pray mi- for those people. Who are, government. We need to pray for those people in our government who are taking the stand like this. We absolutely do, uh, and of course, in India, um, India has just moved to ban e-cigarettes. Oh, good so on them. This is something that's actually getting a bit of momentum in the last month. I've been following this story for a little while now, sort of wondering where it would go, and the. The health dangers of e-cigarettes, you know, they've been around for a few years now and people are just suddenly suddenly starting to realise just how dangerous these things are and India has been one of the first countries to come through and ban them. Well, governments are in, in their best interest if they try and ban this kind of stuff because yeah, it costs s- them so much money and they realise that, you know, over the last couple of decades with how you know unpopular cigarettes have become, it, sh- it should only be in their best interest to follow suit with what we, how we attack smoking um, the same way to uh, all this e-smoking stuff. Absolutely. Now, I did promise that I would talk about <coughs> Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh, yeah. Go on. So, we're going to do a bit of myth busting right now. A lot of people believe that Talk Like a Pirate Day is the national holiday of uh, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti, Spaghetti Monster, Monster. Yep. otherwise known as Pastafarianism. And it is not. Okay. Because that's what the assumption that I was under. Yes. It predates that particular church by at least 10 years. And uh, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster does not actually have a designated holiday. Yeah, good. Uh, They share a lot of holidays uh, with a lot of different um, um, religions at various times. So Hanukkah, um, Christmas, um, Kwanzaa, etc. And of course, Talk Like a Pirate Day is very popular amongst 
amongst Pastafarians, but it is not their official day. I wonder why. It so is. if you are wondering, <coughs> if you are wondering where Talk Like a Pirate Day came from, it came from uh, a racquetball game that was being played in 1995 between uh, John Bauer and Mark Summers, in which John Bauer sustained a sports sports in injury. Uh, inspiring him to say, Arr! Okay. And the two of them cooked up Talk Like a Pirate Day. And so John Bauer, otherwise known as Old Chum Bucket, and Mark <laughs> Summers, also known as Captain Slappy, um, <laughs> cooked this up. The original game was on June 6, 1995. Okay. But they changed it to Mark Summers' wife's birthday so that they'd be able to remember the actual day <laughs> and made it September 19. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to celebrate Talk Like a Pirate Day and wear uh, pirate paraphernalia um, and Talk Like a Pirate for the day, then, hey, go for it. Um, of course, the patron saint of Talk Like a Pirate Day is Robert Newton. Mentioned his name a little bit earlier. He was the actor who played Long John Silver in the uh, Disney movie Treasure Island in 1950 and then, of course, uh, uh, the movie Long John Silver in 1954. So there's the history behind Talk Like a Pirate Day. Okay. Now, there is a vague connection to the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. We need to give a little bit of history in relationship to the uh, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. This is a satirical religion um, which takes a light-hearted approach to uh, religion for the purpose of promoting uh, evolution and um, trying to uh, remove the concept of in either intelligent design or creationism from the educational system. So that's the origin of this particular religion. Origin and purpose. And it began in 2005 um, <clears throat> with uh, a letter written by a man by the name of Bobby Henderson. He was opposing um, uh, intelligent de- design being taught as a scientific theory in public schools. And so he wrote this letter in which he, you know, it became a, a somewhat of a satirical letter in which he invented this uh, flying spaghetti monster god, mm-hmm. and uh, and point you know, his one of his major points was that correlation is not causation. And so in this particular letter, he pointed out that there are less pirates in the world today than what there was back in the golden age of piracy. Yeah, there is also global warming in our world at this particular time, and so therefore, if you're going to take correlation as uh, causation, then we would com- com- conclude that global warming is caused by a lack of pirates in the world. So this was a part of his argument, and this is where the connection sort of came. Gotcha. Um, and of course, this started a movement which became a satirical religion, um, <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, a lot of people now identify as uh, um, FSM or Flying Spaghetti Monster um, for their religion. And uh, they um, describe themselves as being pastafarians. They say that pirates, well, they revere pirates as the original pastors. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, as I say, it's a, it's a lighthearted. It's a religion to mock religion. It's a religion to mock religion is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the connection with Talk Like a Pirate Day. So a lot of Pastafarians do um, celebrate it. Celebrate it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, oh, they, they pray on Fridays and they 
Um, and this is a little bit blasphemous. They end their prayers with Raman rather than Amen. Um, and, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things. What's interesting is how they have endeavoured to establish legal status for their religion. And in some countries they do have legal status. In the United States they don't. They're not recognised as a religion in the United States. Um, but in New Zealand they are recognised as a religion right. and their uh, their proponents are um, able to get you know credentials, credentialed minister who is wow. then able to perform weddings. I wonder if the guys who invented Talk Like a Pirate Day are happy about the association that people now have with the church. Yeah, they've been sort of uh, hijacked, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because their their day was a really fun kind of thing. Right. You know, um, and uh, it and was... kids love it. And, and kids love it. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. It's just a whole lot of fun. Um, come to work dressed like a pirate, whatever. I wonder you know. if they're still around. We should interview them and see how they feel about it. I would be totally annoyed if I created a really cool day that the whole world loved, and then it got hijacked by some mockery. It's of the a, only. Religion. It's the only international holiday that originated with a sports injury. Oh, there you go. Why am I not surprised <laughs> at all? <laughs> um, in Czechoslovakia, um, the colander has been recognised as official religious headgear for Pastafarians. Do we in the Czech Republic? What, 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 yes, Czech Republic. What did I say? Czech, Czech, Republic. Czech Republic. That's Oops. right. We all know what you meant. It's cool. It's um, cool. And in the United States, even though it is not recognized and uh, has specifically been um, not recognized the by the legal array. system as a, a an actual religion, um, you can have F- FSM on your dog tags if you are in the military oh. um, to actually specify that you are a part of this particular religion. Why would so you a, go relig- that a religion? A religion to mock religion. Some people are very um, antagonistic. Yeah, to, very yeah. Anta- very militaristic towards uh, religion. But we still need to love these people, either which. Oh, way. absolutely, and and I and I applaud them for standing up and speaking their mind and speaking what they actually believe. Yeah, no matter how disparaging people might be of what you believe, it doesn't give you the right. Everybody to has the right to say, you know, to say their piece, and that's um, and I fully stand by that.
Guys, that was Mark Schultz with Remember Me. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Or has our quiz been answered? No. I've been seeing phone calls Ooh. coming. Oh, I've got it. The, the, the nod is heading from our producer. Who won it, though? Ah, do we have a uh, do we have a message here? No? no, I don't have a message, but congratulations to whoever won it. Our, is- mystery, our mystery winner. Has the prize actually been snapped up, producer Shell, or is it someone who just wants bragging rights? Oh, they've got it. The prize is gone. It's time for another quiz. Pull out another one. You want me to start a second quiz? We're, get, we're getting hand get signals. Don't worry, about, don't worry about the hand signals. So just start still, another quiz. No, it's, they didn't want the prize. They just want bragging rights. So the quiz is still rolling. Someone answered it correctly, but they just wanted to know that they, whether or not they were right. They didn't actually want the prize. They just wanted bragging rights. Okay. So we're still going to roll with the quiz. All right. Do you understand how that works, Lara? Yeah. Okay, great. Who am I? Clue number three. Jesus is the only man whose name is found in the scripture more often than mine. There you go. Mm. That's, that's, that's got to be an easy one Popular right fella. There. Popular guy. Indeed. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is uh, um, our uh, weekly regular, uh, David Helped. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning to your listeners. And uh, David, we have appreciated so much what you've been sharing with us about uh, emotional health and relationships, all these kinds of things um, in this segment. And I understand this morning we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to talk about some sticky points regarding marriage. Uh, okay. Love, 
Yeah. And of course, this one is, you know, something where we do see a lot of, a lot of friction in our world today and also a lot of happiness. It seems to be, you know, this is the, this is probably the relationship that can cause the greatest happiness and the greatest friction. Would that be fair to say? That is very true, and it lays the foundation for future generations at the same time because a child who grows up in a happy marriage has a great potential, in other words, great example to build on and might have a, a better chance to have uh, better marriages themselves than those that grow up in the opposite kind of marriage. Okay, so what can you share with us this morning? What are some of the foundational principles? Because obviously this is something where we... Um, where we really need some some wise counsel to make this work because there is so much at stake. What are some of the principles that you can share with us that uh, will help us to build a happy marriage now and then be able to pass that blessing on down to future generations? Let me share a, a, a text first, if you don't mind. And I'm going to give you my paraphrase of 1 Corinthians 7.28. It says, if you marry... You have not sinned, but you will have trouble. (laughs) Surely not, David. Surely not. Remember, I said that's my paraphrase. Let me give you the New King James translation of exactly the same verse. It says, but even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh. But I would spare you. (laughs) Okay, so then we can probably um, assume that from that verse there's no other going to be such a thing as a perfect marriage where there is never friction of any kind. That is one of the first challenges that we face. In other words, um, we often set ourselves up thinking that our marriage has to be perfect in order to be happy or that I need to marry the perfect partner in order to be happy. Right. And that perfect partner does not exist. That perfect partner doesn't exist except if I'm willing to turn my eyes away from myself, sorry, from my partner to myself and work on myself in order to be the perfect partner for my spouse. Mm, okay. So in, in marriage, one of the, the cardinal things that really trips us up is that we try to change our spouse in order for us to be happy. And the truth is that I cannot change my partner. There's only one person I can change in life, and that's myself. So the key thing and to happiness is not so much changing the other one, it's changing uh, who yourself. we are. There's a principle in life, and that is... If I'm willing to work on myself, it actually creates a far greater opportunity that my spouse would be willing to work on themselves. If I would be the first one to confess that I'm guilty, even if my guilt has to do with 2% of the fight, I'm 100% guilty of that 2%. If I'm willing to take the initiative to be the initiator in confessing when wrong has been done to ask for forgiveness it normally will solicit my spouse also if they are god-fearing person that they will also want to follow suit Hmm. and of course by placing god at the center of the relationship you give yourself 
a, you place yourself in a position where you can so much more effectively work on yourself. I mean, Christianity, that's really what it's all about, is uh, you know, giving our lives to Jesus Christ so that he can change us into a new person. It's all about becoming a new person. Very true. And therefore, in marriage, we often commit to, to a spouse first instead of first committing to Christ. If my commitment to Christ is first and foremost... I'm willing to be sacrificial. I, I'm, I'm willing to become a servant in my marriage because as Ephesians 5 is alluding, there is no servant in our marriage except we ourselves are willing to become that servant. In other words, to serve and outserve our spouse. In Ephesians 5 there, you've got that statement, you know, that uh, um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's self-sacrificing love. There is nothing as powerful as that that Thursday night when in the upper room the disciples were still fighting over position and uh, who is going to be the most important. Then the master, Jesus Christ himself, knelt down and became the servant. Um, and it is when a marriage is willing to take that narrative, uh, a, a partner willing to take that narrative into their marriage and willing to reflect that to their spouse that you will find that true happiness comes. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, remember that in our last discussion, I, I quoted research that points out that when I look away from myself to serve others, expecting nothing in return, that there's a far greater uh, payback that I receive in terms of mental health as well as physical health. Yes, absolutely. So, so what would ha happen if... In a marriage, the most maturest person in that marriage, because often people ask who should take the first step. My challenge is always whoever is the maturest. If that individual would take the step and say, I'm not expecting anything in return. I'm just going to give and keep on giving to my spouse in marriage because of my personal commitment to Jesus Christ. I think our marriages would look very different for the most part if people actually put that into practice. Very true, very true. So I find often, going back to Ephesians 5, that, you know, men would quote the text to their spouses that says, wives, submit. <laughs> it, yes. It is one of the most misunderstood verses in Scripture, but it is the most quoted text that um, that husbands would and, you know, would quote to this and, and and strangely enough, it never seems to work. I asked the young couple that was preparing for marriage uh, what text they would like me to preach on the wedding day, and the young bride immediately responded. She said, "You can preach on anything except that one that says wife submit." <laughs> okay, so so take us through, take us through this passage. What's it all about? It's interesting that that verse actually is, is using a Greek word that refers to a military context where a soldier actually freely chooses. They volunteer to place themselves under the command so that they can reach together the end goal. Well, that's interesting. So it can never be demanded. 
It can never be claimed. It can never be be uh, claimed by the husband as thus say the word of God. It is something that the wife needs to choose to do. And I would like to suggest to our listeners and to every and each and every couple that's married that the the way to get your wife to that point is where the husband is willing to engage in a loving, caring relationship towards his spouse without demanding anything in return. In other words, sacrificial service. And and that verse actually demands a much higher uh, that places much higher demands on the husband than it does on the wife because the demand in that passage is that the husband must be prepared to give his life for his wife. And, you know, from my experience, I've found that where there are relationships where the husband loves his wife to the point that he would lay down his life for her, you know, the whole issue of submission and not submission or whatever really just sort of fades into the background. Exactly. Exactly. Very true. So I would like to give your listeners some practical things, uh, if if I may. Mm, this please do. Um, I would like to suggest to couples to to try something new for the next fourteen consecutive days. Okay. To speak to speak not a single negative word to each other. All right. In so, other words, so there's the challenge, everybody. The, the challenge is on. Um, <clears throat> it's been laid down. David has put the challenge out there. If you are in a relationship, um, your challenge is not a single solitary negative word between you and your partner or to your partner for the next 14 days and see what difference that makes. Well, let me correct you there. Okay. It is for the 14 consecutive days. In other words, mm. they work towards being able to speak no negative for so 14 days. So if you stuff up, you days. start over. <laughs> so if, if, if they get to day 13 and they catch themselves speaking something negative, they've got to start all over again until they've completed 14 consecutive days. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I like this. Now, immediately when I present this, uh, you know, someone in my audience will put up their hand and say, does this mean this counts for married couples as well? And right there, that person has to start all over again because that was a negative statement. So even negative statements made in jest? Yeah, because sarcasm isn't pleasant. Right, yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because the way that we speak will influence us and will even impact our emotions. A, a, a second challenge that I want to give them in order to help them with the first one is to look for three positive things that you can actually complement your spouse with. Three different things each day that you can complement your spouse with okay. and that you speak to them. I'm making I'm making a list here. So 14 days with no negative words and three compliments per day. Per day, but it must be specific and it has to be different every time from the previous ones. That will actually help them to eventually come to the point where they are so focused on searching for something positive that they'll have no time to look for the negatives. That is what we did, by the way, when we started to court our spouses. We were looking for things that we could compliment them on. We stayed away from the negatives 
because we were trying to engage them and get them interested in a relationship. Suddenly, half an hour in front of the pulpit or, you know, putting the tourniquet around the finger, it's called the ring, we suddenly start to look at the negatives instead of the positives. A wise, a wise person once said to me that uh, before you get your married, before you get married, go into your marriage with your eyes wide open, and when you get there, close them tight shut. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and one last thing. Okay, challenge number three. I want each one of your listeners, for the people in their life, to do something special—one special, unique thing—that will tell them that they are special in your life. I'll give you an illustration. I make for my wife out of out of the ordinary. It's not normally what I do. She normally is the one that provides the the, the luncheon for work. So I make a, a avocado sandwich. She gets to work. It is already blowing her mind that I'm doing it. She gets to work and she takes out lunchtime her sandwich and she bites into it, but she can't bite through. And she can't understand. She pulls and there's a bit of elasticity. She eventually has to open it up. Inside she finds, inside the the, the, the avocado sandwich, she finds um, glad wrap and a little note that is wrapped in with that glab wrap. She's got to lick off the avocado to see what is on that note. It just says, I just want to let you know that I love you. You're special for me. Thank you for being my spouse. David, you're making us all look bad here this morning, but you are inspiring us at the same time. Your romance is uh, is an inspiration to all uh, Male partners of uh, of their spouses, um, we do need to move on with our, our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is John, Josh Cunningham with Three Chords. You're listening to Faith FM. This is a song about marriage. Well, follow your heart is what they say. I know that if I do, I'll be following something I can't know. Deceitful and untrue. I couldn't love you if I tried. I couldn't find a way. Unless my heart is led by God, I'll only go astray. If we wanna be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two, there's gotta be three cords woven, God and me and you. If our hearts burn within us with the fire that consumes, only then can we say I love you. God is love, He gives to us a priceless gift that's free He gave Himself, He gave His all unconditionally I want to love You like He does, Lord, give me eyes to see The only way I can is if You live inside of me If we want to be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two Gotta be three chords woven, God and me and you. If our hearts burn within us with the fire that consumes, only then can we say, I love you. Well, love is kind, love never fails, it ain't boastful, proud, or rude. Bears all things, believes all things, rejoices in the truth. And 
Love will never seek our own. Love's patient, love endures. And if we want love like that, is what we'll have to do. If we wanna be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two, there's gotta be three cords woven. God and me and you. If our hearts burn within us with the fire that consumes, only then can we say I love you. Title is stronger than the grave. What God has joined together now, let no one separate. This love is forever, yeah, it's for eternity. 'Cause the wellspring of our love is the one who is and was and will be. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done, but there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So, if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lawson Walters. And, and I'm Lyle Southwell. And we are The Breakfast Show and we are continuing into our section with Encounter with God. But and before we do that, we have another clue for the quiz. And we that, do indeed. And that clue is... I played the harp to relieve King Saul of an evil spirit. Oh, who did that? It's a pretty pretty nice guy. He's looking out for his buddies. 